chapter 11 of Samuel. At the end of chapter 10, Samuel publicly chooses Saul as king of Israel by means of a lot, a lottery. And that's the end of chapter 10, beginning in verse number 20. Vayakrev Shemuel et kol Israel. So they, by means of a lot, the tribe, the family, and then Saul is chosen, but they can't find Saul. Turns out he's hiding. They go, they discover him. He stands up, he's big and tall. And Samuel says, look how big and tall he is. There's none like him. And everybody yells, Yechia Melech, long live the king. Samuel tells the people about the nature of kingship, the rules of the king. Samuel goes home, Saul goes home, but the end of chapter 10 says, Some said, Bliyau is a negative term. Some negative people said, Can this one save us? And they scorned him, and they didn't bring him a gift, but Saul was silent. He didn't demonstrate that he cared. That's the end of chapter 10. So we have a king of Israel, but apparently not universally accepted. And now we come to chapter 11. One might say the great moment of Saul's career is chapter 11. We have a divided nation, and in chapter 11... Chapter 11 begins by telling us that the king of Ammon, whose name is Nachash, which means snake, snake encamped on a town called Yavesh Gilad. Now we know of Yavesh Gilad from the end of the book of Judges. Yavesh Gilad was the one town that when all the tribes swore they would not give their daughters to the tribe of Benjamin. That was the incident of the concubine of Giva. But Yavesh Gilad did not participate in that. So Yavesh Gilad is an old ally of the tribe of Benjamin. Now the king of Israel, the newly appointed king of Israel, is Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. In fact, when God spoke to Samuel earlier, God said to Samuel, Behold, tomorrow I will send you somebody... <coughs> from the land of Benjamin. Sounds like it's significant, and it's very understandable that after a civil war, and you want to unify the nation, you might choose the leader to come from the side that has been defeated, which in this case would be Benjamin. Now, Nachash is the king of Ammon, but his name is Nachash. His name is Snake, and names in the Bible often are not just names, but are signifiers. So if we think of him as the snake, why is he encamping upon Yavesh Kilad? And the people of Yavesh Kilad say, tell us what you want. Tell us your terms, we will serve you. But Nachash says to them in verse number 2 of our chapter, You want to make a treaty with me? Here's what I demand. Chap out your, your right eye. I'll call Yisrael and it will be an embarrassment to all of Israel. In other words, 
he's not actually interested in making a treaty. What he's interested in demonstrating is that when I attack an outpost, and not just an outpost, but a place which is probably universally disliked by most of Israel, because after all, the town of Yavesh Gilad sided with Benjamin at the end of Judges, was attacked by the rest of Israel, many were killed, and the women were taken to give to Benjamin. That was one way they tried to solve their problem, that Benjamin didn't have any women to marry. So basically what Nachash is doing is testing Israel. The snake, we know, attacks at the weakest point. That's the story of the snake in the beginning of the Torah. The snake will bite you at the heel. The heel was the, the lowest part of the body, and you can't see it. Achilles' heel. So the idea of Nachasha Amoni, in short, is to undo the kingship before it begins. Because after all, what is kingship about? Kingship is about an institution which is passed on, theoretically forever, from parent to child. In the Bible, it's usually from father to son. And not just that, equally important, it's one king for everybody. That's precisely the reason that Samuel was opposed to it. Because a king forever, and a king for all, is exactly God. That's what God is. So Samuel is opposed to the kingship for that reason, not only for that reason, but for that reason as well. So the snake is trying to undo kingship before it even begins. And we have to remember that at the end of the previous chapter, many people did not support Saul to begin with. This, is, this man is going to save us? They don't really value Saul. So Nachash wants to undo kingship before it begins. Notice the play on Enyamin on one hand, chap out Uridai and Binyamin, Benjamin. Benjamin is the tribe that was engaged in the civil war. Will all of the tribes come to aid the one group of people who were on the other side in the civil war? That's the question. Nachash is banking on the idea that they will not. So the people of Yavesh Gilad said, listen to the Nachash, uh, leave us alone for seven days. We'll send out, we'll see what the situation is. And if no one's going to save us, we will go out to you. is ambiguous. Go out to you, surrender. That's the JPS translation. But often, can mean to go to war. The context sounds like we'll surrender to you. But it could also mean the other possibility, which is what will happen, in fact. So messengers are sent out to all of Israel. And the response in verse number four, when they hear about the situation, is to cry. By Yifku. Everybody is crying. But in verse five, Saul returns from the field. And Saul says, why is everybody upset? Why are people crying? And they tell Saul what the people of Yavesh Gilad, the messengers that message that's been sent from Yavesh Gilad. When Saul hears this, when Saul hears this, the Spirit of God came over him, and he got exceedingly angry. He took a yoke of oxen. 
he cut them in pieces. And he sent them to throughout the territory of Israel, saying, Whoever doesn't follow Saul and Samuel, this will happen to their to their cattle. And the people were very fearful. They went out like one person. So what Saul has done is to unify the nation. And it's not, of course, an accident. The way he unifies the nation is by taking the yoke of oxen, cutting it into pieces, and sending it to all of Israel. Because the reader is reminded of the story of the civil war that took place at the end of the previous book. The story of the concubine of Giva. In that story, when the tribe of Benjamin molests, rapes, and actually murders this woman, her husband, when he gets home, takes her body, cuts it into 12 pieces, and sends it around to all of Israel. So the story over here reminds the reader of that story. And of course, the story over here is a counter to that story. In the first story, it's about civil war between Benjamin and all the tribes. In this story... It's Saul, who's from Benjamin, getting all the tribes to support Yavesh Gilad, the old ally of Benjamin, and to unify the nation. What Saul is able to do is precisely the opposite of what Nachash, the Ammonite king, had expected. He expected no support, no solidarity, but Saul is able to unify the entire nation. A great moment in the story of Saul, a great moment in the history of the book, and Jewish people have become a nation through Saul. Saul was the great unifier. So the people of Yavesh Gilad receive the message, we are going to help you. And when they hear the message, they all rejoice. And the people of Yavesh Gilad say to Nachash, King Snake, tomorrow... We're going out, Neitzeawechem, we're going out to meet you. Nachash may think to surrender, but Neitzeawechem here does not mean surrender, it means to fight. On the very next day, Saul divides his forces, his troops, into three columns, and they come at, at dawn, before dawn, and they defeat the Ammonites till midday. The Ammonites are dispersed. Precisely what Nachash had hoped would happen to Israel happens to Ammon. Division and dispersion. And the chapter ends with people saying to Shmuel, Who are those people who questioned Saul's ability to lead? Hand them over and we will kill them. But Saul speaks up. No one shall die today, for today God has brought about deliverance. That is to say, what happened today was we became one nation, a unified nation. This is not the time to start with recriminations. That will undo the very victory. And Saul gets the last word. At which point Shmuel says, let's now go to Gilgal and renew the kingship. That's the introduction to chapter 12.